previously on Growing Up Gilmore. And Louise says, I find your mother fascinating. And then Rory says, funny, so does she. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Rachel ever made love to Luke in this hoodie. Because <laughs> that's what I would be thinking. It made me think of, I want you to draw me wearing this. <laughs> and only this. <laughs> Rory and Paris are walking down the hallway and Paris turns to Rory and she goes, I think this is the best night of my life. Hey everyone, this is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. We are back this week with Season 1, Episode 14, That Damn Donna Reed. This is one of my favorite episodes of this season. It's so good. And I loved it so much as a kid, too, watching it. I could see why. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So It makes me feel like a kid watching it. It really does, because I do remember, like, having a relationship and wanting to do something like this. And now I'm just like, "Mm -hmm. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's super cute. But this is definitely something that I think... A lot of young women want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or at, at least when I was younger, or you're younger, maybe it's different now. <laughs> I, I think it is different now. Yeah. But it is something that always appealed to me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of over that. But there was a time when this would have been a great way to live my life. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. But we like to start each podcast with the writer and director for the episode. And there's a lot to talk about with the writing and directing, I think, in this episode. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to kind of dive into that. But Elise, will you get us started with that, please? Sure. The director is Michael Kettleman. And so he, we've had him before. Yeah. He did Cinnamon's Wake. Okay. Which you also love. I am not going to tell you what he's also done. If you want to know that, you can just go listen to Cinnamon's Wake. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's Smallville and Dawson's Creek, stuff like that. Yeah. And then the writer is Dan Palladino. Okay. So Amy's husband, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool that he wrote this. I think that makes him really endearing. Yeah. Super endearing. I think so too. It's an interesting choice to have a, a man write this episode. I wonder if Amy was there a lot too with that. Could be. Yeah. I don't know because it. Not that he can't do that, but I could see why she's in love with him by yeah. writing this episode. Yeah, it's absolutely. really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, let's jump in because we have a lot to talk about this episode. Our episode opens with Dean coming with pizza and a salad. And the girls are sitting on the couch watching the Donna Reed show. Dean says he's never seen the Donna Reed show. So Lorelai and Rory are trying to fill him in on the plot of the Donna Reed show, which is basically things happen and then nothing happens as a result of that. It ends pretty much with Rory and Lorelai doing their own dialogue, making fun of the Donna Reed show. And saying things like, oh, I I just had an impure thought about your father, and I can't figure out why that would be, because it's not the second Saturday of the month or whatever. <laughs> Dean's like, you're not even watching the show. Why, like, why are we watching this if you're just going to talk over it? And Rory says, our dialogue is better. How has he never done that? 
Oh, my mom and I do that all the time. Like, yeah, that's like one of my favorite things to do. One of my favorite things to do with my mom is when we go out to eat and we see people sitting at a table, we try to figure out like, are they on a date? Are they married? Is this a first date? What's going on? Like, that's our favorite thing. That's our dinner time entertainment. Mm-hmm. And Dean is sitting there listening to them, and he goes, well, I just think it's kind of nice, you know, that she, like, cooks dinner for her family and is there for her family. And immediately, Lorelai and Rory are like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, it's just nice. <laughs> Well, he starts off this scene bringing the pizza for the girls, and then he's eating a salad. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what planet are you from? Yeah, like, how do you fit in with us? (laughs) Yeah, so it's just, he's so opposite. And it totally makes sense because, I don't don't know, we didn't explain that um, Donna Reed, but she's the quintessential 50s housewife Mm -hmm. and the quintessential uh, 50s family. Yeah. That's what Dean likes. I don't know. Of the idea of it. Yeah, he likes the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think partially that comes from his own mom being, Mm -hmm. she was home. She works part-time, I believe. But, you know, he was raised with that. Of course, Lorelai and Rory are going to be like, no, because neither of them have a homemaker bone in their body, really. No. So They're more working women. Yes, Yes. They like that idea. So, mm-hmm. and there is nothing wrong with no, liking that. No, absolutely not. No. I think that's great for whoever, but it's just funny because they're looking at him like spiders. Yeah. Ready to attack him. Yeah. Yeah. And they <laughs> for just having like this okayness with it. They just let him keep talking because they're like, okay, you just keep talking and dig yourself a little bit deeper here. Mm hmm. And she starts talking, the show starts talking, and Donna Reed says, Oh, I remember when you used to be late for dinner, and now I just think you're really early for breakfast. And it it cuts to Rory and Lorelai looking at Dean, and he's like, I can tell I'm very unpopular right now. Well, I think their whole thing is, is telling Dean, like, yeah, this was a show that was, you know, very dated for women and it was written by a man this isn't mm-hmm. really like held beliefs of like women almost is what they're mm-hmm. trying to say and i think that's really funny because dan wrote this episode yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's writing women mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. but look at how how much time has changed yep. since the donna reed show mm-hmm. and rory does get into a little bit of the history behind donna reed and what her life mm-hmm. was kind of like so we can talk about that too because yep. i think that's an important thing to discuss yeah, i love that part me too you know it's going to be a good episode when we're not even like five minutes in and we're already at luke's diner mm-hmm. And Taylor is arguing with Luke about painting the diner. He says it needs to be painted. And Luke is not into the idea. He says he can't close for a day to paint. 
He doesn't want to do it. It looks fine. And Taylor says, well, you know, bad paint will send people away and then the seedy crowd will come in and then you've got trouble. And Lorelai does her right here in River City from The Music Man. For those of you that don't know, The Music Man, the original movie, was actually filmed in Stars Hollow before it was Stars Hollow. Right on that street in front of Luke's diner is where they filmed Music Man. That big, like, scene where Mm -hmm. he's marching with all of the kids and stuff is right on that street. That's cool. So kind of a fun reference. Maybe they didn't realize that what that reference kind of meant historically for that Mm -hmm. town, but still kind of a fun thing. Lorelai really kind of lays into him about the painting, too, and then she offers to help. And says, oh, I love painting. We can paint and drink some beers and sing some songs. When we first decided we were going to do the pop culture reference, you know, now I'm like very in tune to it. I have been singing Lorelai's painting song, trying to figure out what song that is based off of. And Elise shows me her preview of the pop culture video. And it's 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. (laughs) And I'm like, I cannot believe you figured that out. I've been singing this for an entire week and I have no idea where it's from. I kept on rewinding it and rewinding it. I'm like, I know this is a tune from something very popular. Yeah. And then it just hit me. And I was like, oh, it's Dolly. And that makes sense that Lorelai would, that's her reference of country music. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't listen to country music unless it's Dolly or early Taylor or... Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Yep. Yep. And Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, Patsy yeah. Cline. Like the old... Yeah. 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 So yep. that makes sense that why she would be... <laughs> that would I be know. a reference. So. And I also love that there's parallels between Donna Reed and Dolly Parton as well. Oh, sure. Like mm-hmm. outside of their careers, things that they've done for people and women. And mm-hmm. I, I love that kind of parallel. But that's like really diving yeah. in <laughs> deep and we don't need to expose all of that in this episode. So Luke then decides that, oh, okay, well, if I have help, I guess I will do it. Yeah, but if it was Taylor helping, he would have said no. because mm-hmm. it's, it's Lorelai. And Taylor is elated that Luke is going to paint the diner. And Luke is so upset that Taylor is so happy we move on <laughs> and we'll see what comes from this painting date when it happens. Mm-hmm. Next, we have a very small vignette of Friday night dinner. And we were just laughing because really nothing comes of this story. But they typically Richard and Emily go to Martha's Vineyard around this time of year. And they are not going because their rental is not available. Someone rented it before them. Lorelai suggests that they go to Paris instead, but they don't go to Paris in the spring. They go to Paris in the fall, and they can only afford to fly first class every two years to Paris or Europe, to which Lorelai responds, you can fly coach or, you know, business class is slightly less. And Emily and Richard just stare at each other like, There's no way in hell I would ever fly coach or business class on a plane for nine hours. (laughs) And I mean, realistically, if I could afford to fly first class to Europe, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too, Amy. 
It's weird. It'll happen soon. Someday, maybe. (laughs) But I don't know. I just think it's funny how we get like these little reminders that Lorelai is very different from her parents. Mm -hmm. Even when they talk about their trip to Europe, like staying in the hostels. Yeah. It's very different from how Emily and Richard would be (sighs) in Paris. Yeah. I'm trying to think of why this scene is here. Because, like you said, it really doesn't bring us too much. Yeah. And maybe the only thing I can think of is that they would have really been in that time range of that um, of Donna Reed. Mm-hmm. And that they are very structured in their marriage. Yeah, it's kind of like that contrast Yeah, to but- Lorelai and Rory, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I do know that later in the episode, they're back there. And they are going to Martha's Vineyard later. Mm -hmm. But I'm still trying to figure out what the purpose of this scene is. And maybe we'll discover it now that we're kind of paying more attention to it. But I do really... Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that they're very structured in their rules. You know, like, we only go to Paris every two years. And Mm -hmm. in the spring, we go to Martha's Vineyard. We don't, you know... Mm -hmm. They're very set in their ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that could be it, yeah. providing, like, a compare-contrast kind of, like, look at the, how the girls live their life, look at how Emily and Richard live theirs. Mm-hmm. And they do follow that that Donna Reed, you know, a lot closer. Like, Emily stays home and takes care of the house and mm-hmm. all of those things. So maybe it's just to show us, like, a real-life example of that role. Mm-hmm. We are back at the Gilmore residence with Lorelai and Rory, and Lorelai is sewing on a button to Rory's sweater. Rory's going through flashcards and like wandering all over like crazy, and Lorelai pricks her finger and she's like, can you please just stand still so I can sew this button on your sweater? Because the sweater is on Rory. Right. Yes. Thank you. Very important. detail to have. Babette comes and knocks on the door and comes inside. Lorelai offers her a cup of coffee. She says no. Lorelai continues to make her a cup of coffee, asks her what she wants in her coffee, and she takes the coffee. But while she is doing that, she tells Rory and Lorelai that they got a new baby and they need Rory to cat sit for the evening because they need to go out of town for one of Maury's shows. And the baby's a kitten. Yes. <laughs> yes, the baby is a kitten. What did they name it? A- apricot. Yeah. I would say apricot, but mm-hmm. Babette says apricot. apricot. Rory says yes, she can stay the night with the cat. Everything's fine. And Babette is on her way. Lorelai says, I'm surprised at how quick you said yes to a night away from me. And Rory's like, are you joking? She asked me to cat sit. Like, of course I'm going to help her out. And it's like, Lorelai... Space is okay. Yeah, stop being clingy. But I wonder if she's being clingy because she doesn't have Max. Yeah. You know? So it's like she needs entertainment. Well, like, yeah, I think Rory's just like her buddy. I understand that, too. I just think we still need to work on boundaries. Yeah, it's good to not hang out every night. Yeah, I think so, too. Rory is getting off of the bus, and Dean meets her there. He's waiting for the bus, like, Mm -hmm. at the curb. Yes, And the minute she's off the bus, he takes her things and starts kissing her. And these poor, 
poor people are trying to get on the bus, and this one girl shoves past Rory, like, get out of my way. While they're kissing. It's like, let's be a little aware of our space, please. uh, Why does it have to be this instant where we kiss? I don't know. Let's take a few steps back. Yeah. And then we can do that. Mm -hmm. Rory tells Dean that she is house-sitting for Babette tonight and offers to have him come over. And he seems excited about that. They are talking about him having to go to work earlier on Thursdays, and Dean makes a joke, a quote-unquote joke, that they are busier on Thursdays because the depressed housewives are shopping for their husband's dinner. A bunch of oppressed housewives. Thank you. Yes. That's very important distinction. (laughs) Oppressed housewives. This really sets Rory off big time. She's like, that that comment's very pointed. Yeah. I love it. She says pointed, too. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact that she's actually standing up for herself. Uh Uh-huh. By saying that's not a funny joke. Yeah, it was talking down to her and it was snide. Yes. And she says to him, that's not a joke that you would typically make. Yeah. So she's calling him out on his character here, too. Mm -hmm. And says, wow, you must really like the idea of that life. And he says, you know, my mom made dinner for my dad every single night. And now that she works, she does it on the weekends. So what does it say about my mom? Mm -hmm. And Rory says, your mom, it says that your mom has a choice. Mm-hmm. And that that show represented thousands of women that did not have a choice at that time. And if they did, they were usually put into mental institutions. Exactly. So. So I think Dean needs to shut up and go to his job. If you really want to get down to it, Dean kind of is living that life. Because I always, it always makes me think of Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. That fabulous, fabulous movie with... Toby Toby McGuire and Reese Witherspoon, where the boy, the son, always works at the market or at the diner. He works at the market and his Mm -hmm. mom cooks dinner for his dad. And he has like this whole American dream facade, which is really interesting to me because he's from Chicago. Like women work in Chicago. It's fine to have that idea and like whatever. It's just that he's being an asshole. Yeah, I don't understand the joke. Like, what? in what context did he think that would ever fly? Mm-hmm. And why would he think Rory would find that amusing? And then he says, you only think this way because your mother does. Ooh. And Rory says, oh, you think I can't have an original thought? I, ugh. It it's just, just not a good look. It's no, not a good look. This is like where I would be so Aubrey Plaza to him and I'd be like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would walk away and never talk to him again. Yeah. But yeah. maybe because I'm more immature than Rory, but I don't know, man. It, this screams like red flag to me. Yeah. It's how he said it. And why are you saying this stuff to a, a young woman who has dreams to go to Harvard? Do you think she's going to go to Harvard and then want to cook dinner for you every night? Get over yourself. Mm-hmm. Like and she has her sights set on way bigger things than giving you dinner every night in Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like, mm, that doesn't really add up. You must think very highly of yourself, Dean, if you think that that's what her like end goal is. And there's like nothing wrong for wanting to cook for the person you love or whatever. No. Then, but, I mean, 
I think it's more of Rory being like, don't assign women that just because they're women. Exactly. And he's like, well, don't put my mom down because that's what she did and really liked. Mm -hmm. I get what he means. Like, it is kind of pointed to make fun of women that do like to do that. Yeah. Um, I enjoy cooking. You know, lots of people enjoy cooking, but it's more about they're both. It's the assigned gender roles based on gender. I mean, that's what it boils down to Mm -hmm. is the the gender of it all. And, you know, the Donna Reed show puts a lot of emphasis on the woman needs to clean and she needs to cook and she needs to do this and that. And she needs to look perfect while she's doing it. Yep. And And heels. And heels with pearls and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it's unrealistic. Well, yeah. And he is very into, he's very old fashioned because even if, as she gets off the bus, he takes her bags. Mm -hmm. And then we also didn't cover that she has the bird for her assignment. Yes. The little chickadee. Mm-hmm. So he has the bird cage and he takes her things, which is very sweet. I do think that was really sweet that he helped her out that way. But it's the snide remark for me. Yep. That's like, you know what? I can handle my own bags here. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, I don't know, go wait for some other bus to come on, um, another girl to come out the out of the bus and you can make out with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she can cook you goddamn pot roast. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they end on a bad note. They're fighting. And that's where the scene ends. They don't make up right away. Mm, No. He goes to work. And she takes her bird and goes. Well, yeah, and he's like, how do we even even start fighting about Donna Reed? Yeah. It's because you brought, you were an asshole about it, Dean. That's why we're fighting about Donna Reed. You made the joke. You made the bad joke. So this is on you, dude. So don't, like, put it on her for why we're fighting about it. Right. So that's how the scene ends. And I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) We are back at the Gilmore residence following the epic battle between Rory and Dean. And Rory introduces Lorelai to her new chick, that she has to keep. And Lorelai asks her what the name is. Rory tells her case number, case number like 112 or something like mm-hmm. that. And Lorelai's like, it's so cute. It needs to have a name. And she's like, I'm not bonding with my midterm. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai names it Stanley, then finds out it's a girl. So she decides to name it Stella. And at this point, Rory's packing up her things to get ready to go to Babette's. And Lorelai can sense that something is off. And she checks in with Rory more than once. I think it's twice that she says, you know, what's going on, mm-hmm. whatever. And, and Rory says, it was just a long day, just a hard day, and I'm going to fix it. Don't worry. And I, I'm starting to wonder, is Rory not telling her what happened between her and Dean a boundary choice? Or is it a choice of, I don't want you to know what kind of joke he made because I think it'll really piss you off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think at first I said I was thinking boundaries, but also I don't know for sure because I think she does know that would piss Lorelai off. Yeah. But just a little thing that I noticed with her not wanting to name that chick, she's like, I don't care. I'm not going to name this little baby chick. Um, She doesn't see it like how Lorelai is like, oh, it's a cute little baby animal and I want to name it. And Mm -hmm. Rory's just more practical. Yeah. And I 
I wonder for her, it's like, you know what? I have a fight with Dean and I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out and fix it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't want to really get into it. Like not, Probably she's not. just not a drama queen. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not going to have a meltdown over a boy if she doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think that's probably true. I think it's a little bit of both. I think part of it is she is more practical and she thinks this will just blow over. So there's no point in making a big deal out of it. But then also I think she knows her mother well enough to know her mother would be mad. Yeah. She wouldn't let that go. No. And I think Dean is still kind of trying to work his way back up after the whole dance thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think she's like, I'm not going to tell Lorelai because I I want Dean to still feel comfortable here. Mm -hmm. And it was a shitty thing that he said. I think Rory is also like, you know, maybe I need to handle this on my own. Yeah. So I feel like it might be something more that she would tell Lane too. Mm -hmm. Because there's just more of like, I know that you'll respect, Lane will respect the boundaries. Yeah. And isn't going to run to Dean and be like, I heard what you said about Donna Reed. Mm-hmm. So I think you're you're correct in that totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of boundaries and knowing who to turn to in these kind of situations. And also her just wanting to figure it out for herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is an independent woman. Mm-hmm. A little woman. Yes, a little woman. <laughs> we are now with Luke and Lorelai picking out paint colors for the diner. It becomes very apparent that the issue wasn't really that Luke didn't want to paint or doesn't like painting. It's that the last time it was painted, it was painted by his father. He said he's only painted it twice, once when it opened, and then he had to touch up some paint when the roof caved in another time. It gives me the warm fuzzies to see him so sentimental about his father. Mm -hmm. I just think it's the sweetest thing. I think so too. And I think... Lorelai recognizes that and and helps him settle on colors that are still very similar to what he has now so he can still have that that closeness of his father there and it reminds Luke that there is a spot on a wall where his father wrote down someone's hardware order and he hasn't painted over it because he ran out of paper and he just decided, all right, I'll take the order on the wall. And Lorelai says, let's not paint over this part. This part can stay here. And they have this really sweet moment. They're both on the floor because it was written like on the floor almost Mm -hmm. on the side of like a counter or something and they're very close together and you think it's gonna happen and you're praying that it happens yeah he's it looks like he's gonna kiss her but people start pounding on the door because they want to see and taking pictures uh, luke's and they want to see what colors they pick and all of that it looks like the paparazzi absolutely yes and there's this moment then where Lorelai's like on her knees. Her hands and knees. Her hands and knees. Like sneaking and around, kind of looking through. To see if they're still there. Mm-hmm. And Luke is like right up next to her on his hands and knees. And you're like. And he's what? staring at her. He's not yes, looking outside. No. He he's, is completely engrossed in her. It's a little creepy, but. Yeah. It's fine, I guess. And you're like, why? Why can't you kiss? Just kiss. <laughs> 
She I says, wanted him to kiss, but I could not get past his soul patch in this. I know. You were like, it's so disgusting. <laughs> Shave the soul patch and then we can kiss. Mm-hmm. I like his scruff, but. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. But I think that was popular back then. Sure. So, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where it leaves us. Yeah, I think that was cool um, when she picks out a paint color that's similar to her dad's. Mm-hmm. Or his, his dad's. dad's. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you think about this one? And he's like, well, if you like it, then if you like it, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of symbolic that he is ready to move on. And like Lorelai is a way to move on to a new chapter in his life, to new experiences. Yeah. Because it is very odd to probably work in your father's business day after day. And you've took on basically his role in that town. Mm -hmm. And you haven't really made a new life for yourself with like family or you know mm-hmm. a girlfriend or whatnot mm-hmm. so I guess that would be pretty odd in yeah. a way I don't know if odd's the right word but no a little sad a little yeah. melancholy yeah Melancho- yeah it's like when you're excited to move to a new apartment yeah but as you leave you do that whole thing that they did on friends <sighs> where they like look at the empty apartment even yeah. though they're so ready to move on Mm-hmm. I'll be sad when we leave this apartment, even though yeah. I'm ready to find something different. It's just, it, it holds memories. Mm-hmm. I'm a very, like, homey person, so I make sure that, like, my home is cozy and welcoming and sweet, and I'll miss that once it's gone. Mm-hmm. But it's great to see him embracing it and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is, to him, this is the rest of his life. But yes, you know what? Everyone is right the paint is like so deteriorated at this point. Mm-hmm. I can't just hold on to my father this way. I mean, no. this is still his building, you know? Right. So, right. Um, so he wants showed, to honor his father in yeah, that way. It just shows how sensitive he actually really is mm-hmm. and how willing he is to do something for Lorelai. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We now have a very small vignette moment of Rory visiting Lane and asks if she can borrow a CD, a very specific CD, but she's not sure exactly what it is. So they go through all the different floorboards of Lane's CD collection, and then finally she settles on one from the miscellaneous category. We don't know what it is or even what she needs it for at this moment, but Lane says when when she figures it all out that she wants the details. And at this moment, even the audience isn't sure what's what's brewing here. But she's on a mission. She's very determined. It looks like she is on a mis- mission. Because she had previously called Dean. Mm-hmm. He wasn't home, mm-hmm. told his mom or whoever to have Dean call her back. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that means. Yeah. Lorelai has come home from Luke's after picking the paint colors and immediately upon entering realizes that Stella, the chick is no longer in her cage. And of course she needs to reenact the famous Marlon Brando on streetcar named desire doing his Stella impression and can't find the chick anywhere. She decides to call Luke and ask Luke to come over and help her find the chick. I'm sorry, but the way he is pulled into their home, she like grabs him by the shirt and pulls him in the doorway close to her. That is not how you would like greet someone. Like, Elise, I would never greet you like that. Like, But that's how you handle a man like Luke. (laughs) 
<laughs> there is no other way. You grab him by the collar and you drag him close to your body into your house. All That's right. the instruction manual. I see. I see. I must have missed that. She chapter. did that correct, Amy. <laughs> but when she called him, he was like, "Who is? Who the hell is this?" Mm-hmm. Which was hilarious. And she's like, who else would be calling you? Talking about a chick being missing. And he's like, oh, okay. He is coming off like he doesn't believe her that a chick is missing. He hears the chirping and he's like, oh, you really do have a chick in here. Yeah, when he gets there, he's like, oh, this is actually the truth. Mm -hmm. So. Interesting. He thought. Something else. Yeah. Maybe she was the chick. (laughs) <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, my God. And he was the rooster. Ew. I know. I'm so sorry. Yeah, let's take... Can you delete everything? I'm not deleting okay. that. <laughs> we are now back with Rory at Babette and Maury's house. Dean calls her and asks if she still wants him to come over. And she says, I absolutely, positively do want you to come over. And he's right outside and is very thrown off when she steps out the door in this cute little peach dress with a crinoline. It's like a checkered peach hoop skirt. Yeah. Poodle skirt almost. Yeah, it's like that A-line skirt with then the crinoline underneath it. So it's nice and poofy. She has a little apron on and pearls. And and matching headband. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's very thrown off by it all, but comes inside and she made appetizers, which looks like a Ritz cracker with cheese whiz on it. (laughs) I couldn't tell what it was. No, I think that's what it is. He's like, oh, so what are we having for dinner? And he lists off all their favorite takeout places. And she goes, oh, no, I made you dinner. And he's like, what? He's like, you cook me dinner? Yeah. You cook me dinner? It's Donna Reed night. So now I'm wondering, is this her giving in to Dean and giving him what he wants? Or is this her being like, isn't this ridiculous and stupid? Are you sure this is what you really want? What is the motive behind it? I think she thinks it's a stupid fight. Yeah. And she's trying to get past it. And she's trying to, like, be cute and -hmm. give him what he wants. Okay. What do you think? I don't know, but I think she's letting Dean off the hook. Oh, yeah. And I don't like that. If I was him, I'd be scared. If if a guy... Okay. Because I would have handled him earlier. Mm -hmm. And I've been like... He'd been like, oh, my God. If I would have been like, it's Donna Reed night. (laughs) So terrifying. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, she is letting him off the hook. Totally. Yeah, and I don't want her to, but here we are. Here we are. We are with Luke and Lorelai, and Luke is still looking for the chick while Lorelai is sitting on the couch. Like she gave up. Yeah, she's like waving her white flag. I can't find it, so I'm just giving up. Luke has not stopped looking, and Lorelai brings... And the place is torn up. Oh yeah, it's trashed. Just... It looks crazy. Lorelai is sitting there and she goes, what did you mean by, oh, there really is a chick here? He's kind of caught off guard. He's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) Lorelai is playing dumb. Let's just say what it is. She's playing stupid. Mm -hmm. She knows what, what the deal is. She knows what's going on. So do you think that Luke thought that he was going over there to get laid? Is it that extreme? Or is he just thinking like he went over there to like maybe make out or something? I need to know. I don't know. What do you think? think? Okay. So I know we talked about this. 
Yeah. Because when we were watching this episode a few weeks ago, we were both like, <laughs> what is okay, it? what's the deal? I think... Because hmm. it's late at night. It's it's like a booty call. And we will talk more about this later because Sookie even brings this up. Yes. Too. But so. I think in his mind it was, oh, we really were having a connection at the diner. So maybe we're going to just see where this goes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would ever go there with the intention Being of like skeezy, getting like, late or whatever. Yeah. But I do think he would go there, like, assuming that, it you know. It probably will happen. Make out or, you know, whatever. But, yeah. I don't know. Do 30-year-olds just make out? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they've known each other for so long is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. I take that back. I sound like a... (laughs) A prude. A wild woman. Or a wild woman. Yeah. (laughs) Not a prude. Opposite of prude. Mm -hmm. We now cut back to Rory and Dean enjoying their steak dinner. She asks Dean how everything is. He says it's amazing. And she says, oh, I'm so glad you like it. We also have dessert. She pulls out like lime jello with a cherry on top, then realizes that she forgot to make the rolls. She sits on Dean's lap in his chair at the table and she says Donna Reed would have never forgotten the rolls they're gonna take my pearls away Dean says I'll hurt anybody who comes near you and your pearls and he says as amazing as this has all been this is not realistic now I'm thinking was the motive to teach Dean that it wasn't realistic or what now I'm conflicted I think she was being cute and I don't think she was trying to teach a lesson Yeah, but she said she researched Donna Reed and, like, looked up all this stuff about her and hands Dean, like, the paper to look at it, and he doesn't even look at it. He doesn't care. He just, like, briefly, he's like, oh, you researched her? And then he says, I'm glad this turned out to be such a positive experience for you. Get bent. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) off. It's like... Come on, who do you think you are? It's just like, I just can't. I can't. He's like trying, and then he tells her, like, oh, you know what? It's not. I want you to know that I like you for you. I don't want. I don't expect you to be Donna Reed. Yeah, which is nice. But yeah. Oh wow. Thank no you. No matter what she does, you're super hypocritical. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. You were mad because she didn't like Donna Reed earlier. Or she mm-hmm. ironically liked Donna Reed. Mm-hmm. Now she did something really cute for you and you're judging that. <sighs> yeah, it's really funny how the kid who goes... And take this comment for what it's worth. It's really funny how the kid who does not go to like an exceptionally high strung high school with no dream of going to an Ivy League school and all this stuff can be critical and judgmental of a young woman like Rory Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Who's a pretty smart cookie. Mm-hmm. And a pretty awesome person, too. A very well-rounded person. Yeah. Yeah. It just really gives a lot of red flags to me. Oh, oh. Something is not right I here. I know. Yeah. But that's where that scene ends. And uh, we are not done here yet. She says she's going to go wash the dishes He offers to help, but she says, you can't help for another 15 years. Mm -hmm. And he offers to take out the trash. Like, you'll do what a man does. Uh Uh-huh. He'll take out himself then. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, good one. (laughs) This week for our recipe, we made um, steak and potatoes and peas 
and had the Lime Fantasy Supreme. So while the steak potatoes and peas were pretty standard food, and we do love ourselves a hunk of meat, <laughs> the the showcase is, the review is on the Lime Fantasy Supreme. So we used the recipe from the official Gilmore Girls cookbook because Christy Carlson did not have one in her cookbook. And I got the official one for Christmas. Clearly, people know what to get me for holidays. So <laughs> um, it's lime jello with mandarin oranges, like, encased in it. Mm-hmm. And then you make your own whipped cream using the mandarin juice. I love jello, but this was too much for me. It was wah, wah, wah. I don't like jello that much. Um, I did think the mandarin oranges were a lovely touch, though. (laughs) (laughs) I just threw my head back to laugh and my headphones, like, flew (laughs) off. It was just too many textures for me to, like, really get behind it. I don't know. I was not happy eating it. But then when I got to a mandarin orange, I was happy again. Okay. So I think I was just, I like mandarin oranges a lot. Yeah. I, the men enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, they did. And I was shocked. Yes. But then again, they may be easy to please. I, I think so. Yeah. So I would give it like a two out of five stars hollows. Yeah, I give it a one. One. Yeah. I don't think I will make it again, but it was a fun experience yeah. just for the episode. It was aesthetically pre- uh, pleasing. Oh, and too. we did not forget the rolls, by the way. We did make the rolls. Yes, yes. We did we, not forget We almost those. forgot to talk about them. I know, yeah. yeah. So very on brand, yes. <laughs> oh, honey, you baked. <laughs> We are back with Lorelai putting Stella back in her cage, and Luke is cleaning up the lamp, and he gets it all cleaned up, and she thanks him for coming, and he says, all right, well, I'm just going to take this outside. He goes to throw it away, and he ends up meeting Dean in the middle between Babette and Lorelai's house, and Luke's like, what are you doing here? And Dean goes, what are you doing here? They're both going to the garbage can. Mm-hmm. And Luke does not care for Dean. Nope. So he has that against him. And Luke says, well, we were looking for a chick. And Dean goes, oh, yeah, so was I. And Dean's <laughs> And Luke's like, no, you weren't. Suddenly, Lorelai comes out and she's like, oh, Dean, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, hi, Lorelai. Uh, Rory... And I had dinner or whatever. And then Rory comes out in her little Donna Reed outfit. And Lorelai's face gets me every time. (laughs) She's like, what the hell were you two doing? (laughs) I was like, sorry, mommy, we're just role playing. (laughs) Yeah. So Luke's like, "Uh, I'm going to go. And Dean's like, yeah, I should probably go too. Lorelai turns to Rory and says, can I get some pictures because... Me telling everyone about this would be really... I need some really great visuals. And she's like, oh my god, I just noticed the pearls. And is like dying over the fact that Rory is all dressed up like this. Mm. And the apron. The apron and the pearls are what really sold it for Lorelai. Rory goes inside to find Apricot and cannot find her. Mm -hmm. And says, mom, you need to come here. I can't find Apricot. She was just here a minute ago. And Lorelai says, that's it. We are not animal people. (laughs) 
and they run into Babette and Maury's house to find Apricot. Apricot. We finally get to see Suki in this episode, and Lorelai walks into the kitchen to find Michelle and Suki fighting over the omelet that she made for Michelle. He wanted an egg white omelet, and she made a normal omelet with goat cheese and mushrooms and all of these things. And Elise and I are like, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> but we're about to make our steak dinner for uh, this episode. So I'm looking forward to that. And Lorelai says, you can make a really good egg white omelet. And she's like, yeah, I know. So just her, you know, getting her kicks where she can. And Lorelai offers to tell Suki about her evening. She fills her in on the Stella running away and trying to find Apricot and all of these things. Then she says, it's really weird because Luke said, oh, you really do have a chick here. And Suki goes, well, yeah, that sounds like code for I'm not wearing any underwear. Lorelai's like, that's not the code for I'm not wearing any underwear. And she goes, well, it is kind of weird. You call late at night saying you lost a chick. It just seems convenient. Mm -hmm. And she tells Lorelai that when her and Jackson, you know, for the first time, she lied and said she had a bat in her attic. And that after they spent all this time looking for the bat that didn't exist, they ended up having a bottle of wine and hanging out and whatever. And Lorelai said, I don't know why he would get that idea. And just like, I can't tell. Is she is she really that dense? Or is something like stopping her from just embracing this and going forward with him. I don't know. Because I'm starting to get annoyed. Yeah. She's playing it very dense. Mm Mm-hmm. And she has more experience, it seems like, with men than Suki does. But why does Suki know then? Like, Suki's always the one telling her. That's... It doesn't make sense to me. Like, Lorelai should know. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody would know. Right. It's just bizarre. I don't understand it. It's almost like she's bringing it up to, because she even says, well, he made this comment, you know, whatever, that, oh, you actually do have the check loose. Because she makes a comment to Suki, um, why did he say this to me about, oh, you actually do have the check loose? So is it is it her saying this to Suki because she kind of wants to hear that Luke wants her? I think that could be a, I think that could be a part of it, yeah. But she is playing it really dense, so I don't she know. She wants the reassurance that it's not all in her head or that she's not reading too much into things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because it, it ends with Suki being like, you know, Luke is a really great guy. And she's just like, bye, Suki, and mm-hmm. goes through the door. And that's- Well, she's like really super sensitive because then after Suki tells her about the bat in the attic, and mm-hmm. you know that sounds like a, a proposal of intimacy, mm-hmm. um, her saying to Luke, the check is loose. Then she says, well, you know, you offered to like have beer and paint his place. It kind of just, that seems like another offer. Mm-hmm. And she's like really upset. That she's, it sounds like she's leading Luke on almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think that there is an element of that at one point in this show mm-hmm. where she does lead Luke on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she keeps him at bay just enough where it's enough of a will they, won't they? But then it gets to a point where it's like, shit or get off the pot. Yeah. 
Like, let's figure this it's out. It's hard because I think she does really like him as a friend, too. Mm-hmm. So that does get messier when you... Yeah. When you look at somebody just as something romantic, it's easier to be okay with them not being in your life at all. Right. If something doesn't go right. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. We have made it a full week and are back at Friday night dinner with Emily and Richard. Emily answers the door and she's so excited and they rush into the seating area and they're on the phone with, it must be a, a realtor, a friend, something. And they've secured a new location at Martha's Vineyard because someone died and they pounced on it right away. Emily and Richard are like making fun of this poor man that died. His taste in decor and how he did things at his home. And Lorelai makes a joke about, well, he's dead, so who cares? And Emily's like, Lorelai. Well, she's a like your morbid both, thing to say. She's like, you guys are both going to hell. Yeah. Yep. And Richard's like, well, at least we'll be well rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then Emily segues the conversation to ask Rory about how things are going there. She says, oh, I'm just, you know, busy with school. And Lorelai insinuates aprons as well. Then ends up making a joke that Rory is going to give up her dream of Ivy League school to become a maid. And that joke did not go over well with Richard and Emily. (laughs) Is that a joke? Is she joking? How distasteful. Whatever. At that point, Lorelai says, why don't you talk about the chick? Fill them in on the chick. Rory fills them in and accidentally lets slip that Luke helped find the chick when it escaped out of its cage. Emily cannot let go of the fact that Luke was there. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, did you lose the chick in Luke's diner? No, we lost the chick at home. Well, why was Luke there? And then Lorelai makes it worse by evading the question and getting up to get ice for the bar instead. And Emily follows her into the kitchen and says, he is the main character in every story you tell. He was at Rory's birthday party. You see him every single day at that diner. What is the deal? Do you have feelings for him or not? And she says, I would hope as your mother that you would tell me the truth. And Lorelai's like, well, I don't know. I guess I haven't really thought about it. And she said maybe she does. Yes. And Emily goes, well, I'm glad that's settled. So now we can talk about what the hell you're thinking. And storms out. But before she leaves, she says, and don't forget the ice. Mm. And that's where that scene ends. Emily is always very funny to me because she is the kind of character that she knows how to lay on the guilt to get what the information that she needs. And then she knows how to pull it back to make you feel bad or to reevaluate your relationship with her or telling her things. But she can always get it out of you no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's a real mom skill. It is. The final scene starts right outside of Luke's where Lorelai and Luke are unloading all of the paint and they establish that they will paint the diner next Friday. And he says, don't you have dinner with your folks on Friday? And Lorelai reassures him that she can get out for a special occasion. At that point, she starts walking down the sidewalk and Rory meets up with her and they're talking about how they need to pick up fruit and they want to get Chinese food. And all of a sudden, this loud motorcycle pulls in 
drives past Patty's and loops the block. Dozy complains that it's so loud, there's such a disruption, and he ends up going back inside, and the man on the bike parks the bike. Lorelai knows everything about the bike just by seeing it. She can recite the transmission, the engine, the year, year, everything. She wants a bike. Like mm-hmm. that, she says. As they turn to go into the market, the person on the bike says, hey, and Lorelai says, hi, and goes back into the market. And then he says, I like that shirt. Take it off. Pulls his helmet off. Lorelai says, Christopher. And Rory immediately erupts in excitement. And she says, dad, and runs over to him. And Lorelai kind of saunters over there. She's very slow with her movements at this point and then he says his parents are in town he wants to see his parents but he thought he would drive through stars hollow to see the gilmore girls when i first watched this episode in preparation for the podcast i was writing down all of the pop culture references and my husband was very adamant that gilmore girls is a pop culture reference but elise and i went against it it's like, it's a very meta yes, pop culture reference. Yes. To the point where when we were just watching it now to like refresh our memory, when he says that line, my husband makes this, ah, ah, that's the name of the show <laughs> kind of thing. So the dad, such a dad quality. Mm-hmm. Well, he does that with the episodes too, when we're sitting here and it's something from the intro, mm-hmm. he'd be like, that's from the intro, <laughs> whatever. Rory <laughs> tries to convince Lorelai to let Christopher stay with them. And Lorelai really doesn't say much. Mm-hmm. You can tell that she's very caught off guard. She does not like being caught off guard. And something feels off about Christopher just showing up. Mm-hmm. Lorelai agrees. He can stay with them. He goes, you won't even know I'm here. Hands Rory a helmet to hop onto the motorcycle. And Lorelai says, hop off. Christopher's like, come on, come on. And she's like, fine, you can ride on the motorcycle. And he and Rory ride off, and Lorelai's left standing there. And something tells me, I mean, I've seen the show a million times, but (laughs) as a first-time viewer, there's this sense of this is not going to be good. Something is left unsaid here that Mm -hmm. they're not going to say in front of Rory. The whole trying to figure out stuff with Luke and then having Christopher come back. Because I do think that there is unfinished stuff with Christopher. There Mm -hmm. always will be, just because of the nature of their relationship and how everything ended up happening. It's just, there's bound to be unfinished business there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You don't like him the second you meet him, basically. I didn't anyways. No. I don't think even as a kid when I was watching this, I ever liked him. Yeah. Just like the whole idea of being like, you know what? I was on my way to see my parents, not my daughter. And then I just had a second thought, Meh. Maybe I'll go see my kid since I'm in town. Yeah. So that establishes basically what kind of father figure he is to Rory. Right. And I do think, too, it says he's clearly not in contact as much as he should be. Mm -hmm. And, like, Dozy is, like, peeking out of the market, spying. He doesn't know who this is. Mm -hmm. So that tells you that he's... So he's clearly not around. Yeah. He hasn't been to the town. Dozy would know him for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yep. No, I agree. I think that short little like three minute scene tells us a lot about mm-hmm. where they are right now in that relationship and what's coming and and like and him not even interrupting Rory and being like, you know what, I can actually stay at a hotel or I can stay at my parents. No, he's just like, yep, let me stay stay there because he knows yeah. that he can pressure. Oh yeah her way into it because it's her dad Mm -hmm. you know like why wouldn't you and he i think he knows lorelei's soft for him too Mm -hmm. yeah they both are they want to fix him because he's a wounded bird and it's like that horrible trope that happens all the time but they just need to let him grow up Mm -hmm. and i mean that's me giving away some of the yeah. next episode, but I I will just say if you think we hate Dean, you have seen nothing yet. Because, or our Max. Yeah, because Christopher is it's a rough one. Yeah. And I think almost every time we see him, it's oh God, why? Why him? <laughs> and it personally, I don't care for the actor either. So that mm. also kind of adds to my distaste of yeah. him. And I just wish they would have picked someone else. I know. Chris O'Donnell, I'm telling you. Yeah. Because he has, like, the same coloring that they're going for, which I know that doesn't matter. Right. But um, that charm, like, Chris O'Donnell was, like, very charming. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, sweet boyish, man boyish charm. Maybe what we need to do is recast these men and put it on Instagram. Yes. Okay, so yeah. we're going to do that. Because I think that would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's it for this episode. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So this is also the first episode where we see the troubadour, mm-hmm. which... I believe so, anyways. I, I haven't... Seen no, because he would have complained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elise does not like the troubadour. I know, and I feel like I have such a dark soul because of it, but he just annoys me. Yeah. He reminds me of, like, a man in, like, Uptown. Oh, Uptown Minneapolis. Completely. Yeah. But I think that's supposed to be the vibe. Yeah. But I I like it. It's a great transition tool Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And I I wonder if that was, like, Dan's idea or if that was Kettleman's idea. I'd be very curious to see how they decided to do that. It's got to be Dan and Amy. Yeah. Well, now we're going to have to research because I'm very curious. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. And we have just a little bit to cover in our town meeting. And then we will leave you with your thoughts on this episode for the week. We call this town meeting to order. Okay, we are here for the town meeting. We took a little break and I tried to do some research on the troubadour. And I'll do a little bit more, but just on first glance, the troubadour is played by Grantley Phillips and he is an actual musician. So then I was curious if he was related to Sam Phillips, who does all of the music for Gilmore Girls. And I know that like Amy Sherman Palladino loves little connections like that too. I couldn't find anything that said they were brother and sister, but it does say that Sam Phillips has a brother. They were both born in California. His Wikipedia page didn't give much information about his family, but Sam Phillips does, but doesn't say who her brother is. So I'm wondering it's possible. It could just be that it provided another, you know, musical transition for them, gave it a little bit of a a new mix. And I also wonder... It's quirky, too. Yeah, it's quirky. Anyway, so that's a little bit about the troubadour. I'll do some more research before... The next episode because now we'll see him more consistently Mm -hmm. um but as far as this episode goes 
We had 20 pop culture references. I originally had written 21, but we decided not to count Gilmore Girls as a pop culture reference. So we had 20 pop culture references. That means that for this episode, it will be a two-parter on TikTok. And I believe we are recording ahead. So I believe part one is already on TikTok for this episode. Um, But we are moving to just Tuesdays for TikTok. And we will be posting about every other day on Instagram. So we're kind of working on that. Um, The music is still coming along. It's just tedious. And the books are up on Pinterest. You can find us on Pinterest. It's also linked in our link tree. Um, And I think that's it. Do we have anything else? Um, I don't think so. No, I think that's it for our town meeting. Short and sweet. So next week... Oh, we'll work on the the men recasting. Yes, we will work on that. And I'll try to get that posted in the next week before we get to... The release of this. Yes, the release of... This, and I'll probably release it when we talk about Christopher Returns that same week. Yeah. Okay, so, that makes sense. Because yeah. we're about three weeks ahead right now that we're <laughs> recording. Uh, yeah, I have no but, idea who I am anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but next time, we are going to do Season 1, Episode 15, Christopher Returns. There's a lot of drama that happens in this episode. It's a pretty big one. And it's kind of cool because this is this almost seems how they did that damn Donna Reed is it it doesn't end it's almost like a part two yeah i am surprised that it doesn't say like to be continued yeah on the bottom because they don't usually do this a lot and part of me is wondering too if this was the mid-season break Mm. and i know we had talked about one before like the holiday break yeah the holiday break and maybe it was love warren snow but now I'm going to look because this does feel like very cliffhanger Yeah, or like a spring break. Or, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they did with TV back then when I watched it. I know, it, it's so I weird. there was a couple different breaks. Yeah, and this episode had a really weird commercial break moment too. Mm-hmm. When she first comes out in the Donna Reed outfit, it like cuts to a commercial and then it comes right back. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that they didn't put that in like a a normal transition spot because usually I don't even notice commercial breaks Mm -hmm. on this show, but for some reason they decided to stop it right then and there and then pick right back up with her standing there. So it was kind of weird. Maybe has the outfit. That was a big reveal. Yeah, could be, but that's what we'll leave you with today. Um, Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple. I know some people listen on Google and Amazon now, too. That's wonderful. We love to see it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. It's underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. That's also our name on Pinterest if you're looking for the books. And we'll add the movies on there as well. So thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. See you next time.